Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee, the motivating operation to start your week. Hey guys, welcome to episode 7. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so today we are super excited because we have our first interview with one of our favorite people, Jessica Luna. Hi guys. <laughs> An RBT in our field. So Jessica, we are so, so excited to have you on as our first guest to interview Thank you. you. Um, and let's just get started. Really quick, for those who are tuning in, Christina and I met Jessica when we all used to work at a company together. Oh, yeah, that's important. How long ago? Like oh two, three, three years ago? Like two, maybe three years. I think it was yeah. three. Yeah, like three, three years ago, we were in social skills group together. We did study group together. Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of like really great conversations, conversations. and moments. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, I'm not at that company, so I haven't talked to Jessica in a while. So it's really nice to catch up and kind of hear her story. Definitely. I agree. So first question, <laughs> what was your experience like when you first started in the field? All right. So when I first started in the field, I had um, previous, I guess, academic training. Mm -hmm. I had done the sequence for the BCABA, but I hadn't applied that. Okay. <laughs> so... You know, it's different uh, going from theory to the application. Mm -hmm. um, and that was my experience. I went in knowing, right, the definitions, knowing the words, but not having, like, the grit. The totally, it's totally different. Yeah, definitely. And with your first client, so how did that go? Did you have just, I don't want to say super easy, but did you have a lot of challenging sessions what did that look like for you also did you i know when i had first started my supervisor went my first day and in other cases i was able to model or model for the, the therapist that was going to take over certain cases mm -hmm. did you have that luxury or were you kind of thrown in there how so was it i was thrown in <laughs> <laughs> the way anybody i guess is thrown in and learns uh the hard way so mm -hmm. um my first client actually I went in, it was at a at a school setting, it wasn't at home. Super different. So it's very different because yeah. you're not with the parents, you're not with the grandparents who know this child, you're with somebody who's getting to know them too. Mm -hmm. um, and my supervisor wasn't present because they actually, I think they were on vacation during right. that time, like they weren't in town. Right. So um, it was probably super imperative that you start like yeah, with a client if they did that, you know? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So... In their defense, um, while they were doing their uh, the assessment of the client, the parent had stated that the child did not engage in any aggressive behaviors or anything of the sort. Mm -hmm. But um, we found out <laughs> <laughs> really quickly that that wasn't the case. Uh -huh. So I went in and um, I saw, I guess, from the first day, a lot of behavior. So... There was aggression, there was self-injurious behavior, there was disrobing, there was elopement. Um, wow. That's and did you see all of this on your first day? Yes. Oh my goodness, wow. what was running through your mind? I was thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> what did I get myself into? What did into? I get myself into? Yeah. And is every case like this, is mm -hmm. every client like this is mm -hmm. every child like this so what did you think of ABA like what did you think it was before you started because you had that academic training 
But I feel like a lot of professors don't really talk about the application of what we're doing. They just talk about what they need to get done. So, you know, if I'm being honest with you, I think most of um, what you learn in school to a certain extent are clinical trials or things that have been done um, in a controlled setting. In a controlled yeah. setting. So you don't really think, or at least I didn't think of it, <laughs> yeah. um, right, in the real world, how that uh-huh. would look. So going into it, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I had prior experience working with children, working with children with disabilities. Um, however, ABA, right, is, mm-hmm. is a completely different um, ball game. Ball game, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So kind of talking about your first day, which it seems like it was a lot, but knowing what we know now and a lot of people that we talk into our field have had very similar experiences and unfortunately didn't remain in the field. So I guess after having that first day experience, not having support, unfortunately, because they were out of town and other things like that, why did you stay? Like what made you stay in the field and got you back into going the following day? So um, I think a virtue is uh, humility, right, to a certain extent. So So from, from, (laughs) from the beginning, I knew I wasn't competent enough to to be in that situation to be in that case and I had no problem saying it so I brought Super it hard up. though for yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> I was scared <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I is great scared. though which goes to show probably why you continue to stay because had yes. you not spoken up no one would have known or yes. you would have just left and no one would have known what why? you were experiencing and why you felt the way you did looking back at that you know thinking about it that makes such a great therapist because I always say like you need to be the first person to laugh at yourself. Like yeah. when I think about what happens in my daily life at work, like sometimes it's super comical, but then I go back, I'm like, ah, oh, that's not comical, but it made my day, you know, it's a, it makes for a good story, but at least I kept going, you know? Yeah. So you said humility. So I, yeah, I think definitely taking a look at myself and being able to say, wait, I don't have the, the training for this. Right. Mm-hmm. And being able to bring it up with somebody who can actually help me. So once um, I brought it up to my supervisor. They were definitely understanding of the situation. They themselves didn't think that the case was what it was. Mm-hmm. It was a miscommunication. Um, it was a miscommunication, exactly. So I was able to collaborate with them, and and I worked with this client for years after. Wow! wow. So, so you really persevered, exactly. like really stuck through. Yes, that's awesome. Wow. Is there anything else that helped you stay like there? Yes. So actually, Christina. (laughs) (laughs) I have to ask the question. No. (laughs) Christina was my peer supervisor at the company. So this this was a position given to her, right, where I could come to her if I had any questions, any doubts. She was kind of like my mother, uh, my mentor, my mentor. Yeah, kind of type Um, of thing. Exactly. So. I cried to Christina (laughs) at some point and I was like, I don't know if, you know, this is right for me. I don't know. Kind of like thinking back to that moment, I could see that you were just so down in uh, questioning, questioning yourself and saying, am I really cut out for this? Maybe this is too hard for me. Maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm not understanding it. I'm not competent. And I just remember saying, wait, you know, you're so new. Everybody makes mistakes. Um, I feel like a lot of people don't hear that. And I knew that you needed to hear that. But I knew in my heart that you were so good. I could just tell that you were going to make it. And I'm glad that I was 
able to tell that to you and to be there for you in that moment. Yeah. You know, I feel like if our worlds didn't uh, clash together, you know, like come together, that you maybe not have been in this field. And now I feel like you're just essential to ABA yeah. in Miami. <laughs> like, thank you. Thank yeah. you. But I mean, I'm lucky that I've uh, had so many great people surround me. And I mean, that. It's good that you reached out me, yeah. too. You know, you could have just kept that to yourself and not even said anything. Exactly. All right. So my turn. <laughs> um, what piece of advice has helped you the most in this field? So I think uh, definitely hearing that self-care is important. Mm -hmm. So that's something that also came from Christina. <laughs> um, We're not just doing this to like to my own horn, guys. Like. <laughs> I'm, I really am curious as to what helped you yeah, like, so for I other think, people. I think that was important because, you know, I, I was going to work and I was going home and um, I wasn't really, I guess, investing in things that, that made me happy, even if it was like little things like go home and eat, eat a piece of chocolate and that's <laughs> what you want to, you know, on your way to a session that, you know, might be challenging, listen to music that amps you up you know and hey if you need to go home and cry if you need to cry yourself home drive while driving that day then right. sometimes you just gotta do it but that comes i think with the job with the experience right mm -hmm. so yeah our field is definitely super demanding you guys and a lot of times we're super selfless we're told like whatever personal things we're going through, we leave that at the door and we walk in and our client is put first. Mm -hmm. So it's just super important, you guys, when you're not in session or on the way to session, self-care is not selfish. And we need to do things that are going to be beneficial to ourselves. Because at the end of the day, if we're not present, if we're not our 100% selves, it's very hard that you're going to be able to show up for your clients. I agree, especially exactly. when you're feeling so maybe defeated every day you're going to work and you only have those two days on the weekend to just try to muster up another day for courage and things like that. Self-care, I feel like, and a good support system is the only thing that's going to help you get through. And also like kind of going back to your first day and your client, you were able to find that support and you collaborated and your supervisor was present and you got through it. But for those of you who've had a client where you don't feel competent or it's your first experience in ABA and you're a therapist and you don't think that you can do it, you don't necessarily have to leave the field. That's mm -hmm. a lot of things that happen. Sometimes you don't have necessarily the best first experience or you don't have a lot of support. And instead of, you know, saying, Hey, I don't think I'm the best fit for this client. You don't need to leave. So I just, I needed to say that because I feel like I've heard it a lot and mm -hmm. you had a really good experience the first time where you were able to collaborate and things like that and stayed with that client, which is a great success story. But unfortunately, that's not always the case. And you don't need to walk out when that happens. You can find a solution. That is such a great point. I love that, Natalie. Oh, all right. My turn. <laughs> um, so what are you doing now to prepare for the next step in your career? So I know you're on RBT yes. um, and you graduated with your bachelor's and things like that. But for people who don't know you, is there a next step? Do you want to continue to move forward? And what does that look like? Yeah, so I definitely want to move. Uh, forward in this field right now i'm pursuing the bc aba certification yay, yay, um, great <laughs> <laughs> so i've been studying for that um i think once i obtain that hopefully 
then I can kind of decide, right, what the next step is for me, what a master's program looks like for me, what I want to accomplish, the end goal, hopefully becoming a BCB, um, a BCBA. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a step by step. I'm just... I love that. I think that's so great. Yeah. Some people really, like, rush forward and they just want to get it. And experience is a lot in our field. Experience mm-hmm. means a lot. And... I think it's so good that you're getting um, a lot of diversity uh, with your clients and experience in your RBT, uh, you know, field. So how has it been during the pandemic, uh, switching from in-home to telehealth? How's that been for you? Yeah, so once the pandemic started, um, I lost, I think, more than half of my clients. So that was a big change, but... uh, I also empathize and understand, right, where people are coming from. They're they're making hard decisions themselves, you know. Um, So switching to telehealth was a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. uh, Really quickly, are you allowed to do telehealth as a as a therapist? So with my company, yes, we were allowed to do um, telehealth with certain insurances. Okay. So yeah. So. I think telehealth is effective maybe for some clients more than others, right? So it was kind of like trial and error to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Um, I wasn't working as much. Mm-hmm. Um, How about supervision and stuff? Since you weren't seeing as many clients, did you have access to your supervisors if you weren't doing direct? Did that affect that? your hours towards obtaining your BCABA? How did that so work with you? The board actually... Um, they came out, they sent an email, and they it was somewhat like of a pardon, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, if you weren't um, like, being supervised, I think, in person or directly, something like that, because mm-hmm. of the pandemic, mm-hmm. you were able to kind of, like, waive it for some time. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's so great. luckily I had finished um, all of my hours, like, everything that I had to do before that, mm-hmm. but it did interfere with supervision. It did interfere with like certain things here and there. It was mm-hmm. just a matter of seeing what worked. worked. Yeah. yeah. And, and you adapted well. All right. So something that I think is super important is that we're always evolving. We mentioned this in a lot of podcasts. There's always room for growth and change. So what is something as a therapist that you think would be a positive change in our field? What's some things that you would like to see? So I think it's definitely, um, what's the word? Imperative or important? (laughs) I think it's, yes, it's imperative. It's important as a therapist to not get stuck just working with one client or one age group. I think it's, it's, awesome to be able to work with a four-year-old work with an 18-year-old work with a 10-year-old boys girls at home in school like and just put yourself out there and allow yourself to um meet right all these individuals meet all these different type of clients Mm -hmm. work with them because at the end of the day really I think what makes a great supervisor I think you guys can agree is like the experience that they have Mm -hmm. for them to be able to pull out of their own you know story out of their own experience hey one time I worked with somebody like this this worked let's try it let's do it you Mm -hmm. know and I think that attests to 
somebody who has success in our field. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point to know from an RBT standpoint and to learn that and see, you know, I hear so many times people say, oh, I love working with the little ones. I don't really like working with the older ones. And to me, that kind of makes me feel uncomfortable because I'm like, you're going to get... Your little one is going to be an old one. Yeah, so. your little one is going to grow up one. You're going to get true. all different types of clients as a BCBA. And you can, sure, you can pick to work at an early intervention clinic or you can pick and choose what you want. But is that really helping the field grow? Is that really helping our client need? Not really. Like, oh, well, I'm really good at working with the little ones, but I'm not really good at working with the older ones. And you got to ask your yourself a question like, why? You know, yeah. I agree with that, that having so much diversity in your experience is super imperative to becoming a great BCBA. Yeah, and as a therapist, especially now that you are moving gradually, which I think is amazing and important that you're able to self-identify with yourself. Like, hey, no, I'm not going to move through the core sequence. Even though you have all your hours and you could, like you are, I want to gain experience and as much knowledge before I sit down and I'm ready. And as a therapist, you see this, you see other therapists who maybe only had one client and then now they're a BCBA and you as a therapist are like, oh, wow. Okay, and maybe they're getting mentorship and things like that. So it's not to discredit everybody, but right. just to, you know, if you are a therapist and you're going to be sitting for your exam, put yourself in the shoes of a therapist where they're going to you now for your help and you're responsible right. for the client, the growth of the therapist and all of these other things. So I think that's a really great point. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think also just a side note, um, looking back, a lot of therapists that I know, RBTs just went straight to BCBA, but they contemplated doing a BCABA certification because they had the um, hours and the the classes for their course sequence and they decided not to. So personally, I think it really helped me in my development. Hearing from you, I, what do you think? Do you think, think it helps so a lot? I think having that range, having that experience at the end, long term, is going to help you. Right. So, And we both had similar experiences where yes. I was a BCABA for a year before I sat for my BCBA. And it was in the same situation where I could have sat for my BCBA three months earlier had I not sat for my BCABA. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was so important to gain that experience as a supervisor, hence why I left to a separate location because I wanted to be able to have supervision experience, how to write plans, how to do assessments. And that was super important for yeah. me because I didn't want to go from a therapist to a BCBA and mm -hmm. holy responsibility. Mm -hmm. Like, no, and you go around it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the end of our episode. Thank you so, so much Yay. to Jessica. <laughs> Anything for my girls. Oh, we are so proud of you. Um, we think that everything you have to say is really going to help other people, other RBTs in the field. And we just are so grateful uh, for you sharing. And, and watching you grow, yes. like sitting here and yes. <laughs> your experiences and where you are today and where yeah. you're going. I wish you nothing but the best. And I can't wait to be celebrating you in the future. Thank and see you. where you take this. Thank I know you, you're going to do you. such amazing things. And I remember telling you that three years ago, like when you had, we had our little powwow. You were right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and follow us at Onward Behavior to get updates on our next episode. Until next time, keep moving onward and pay it forward.